Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host Jordan Mackey, a.k.a. J-Mac, and Jordan Lopez. All of us are joined back together to preview the Denver Broncos Week 11 matchup against the 6-4 and four Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be back home after the Broncos had two straight um, away games, or no, excuse me, uh, just away, one away game in Buffalo on Monday Night Football. They're going to be uh, having two straight primetime games. This time it's going to be on Sunday Night Football at 820 Eastern, 620 Mountain Time, 720 Central. Um, these are two of the hottest teams in football right now going head-to-head with serious playoff implications at stake in their respective conferences. Um, I know it's an AFC-NFC matchup, but they, this, this game is very, very important because this one one or the other is going to be breaking their long uh, winning streak. Um, and we're, hopefully the Broncos come out on top to get back to 500 um, at a 5-5 five and five record. Um, but before we go ahead and jump into uh, the injury report, keys to victory, all that stuff, make sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube, hitting the like button, help, helping us get to 2,000 subscribers, and all that and more. Um, but J-Mac Jordan, how are you guys doing today, man? You guys got anything interesting going on? Doing good, man. I can't really complain. Uh, just I'm just ready for the game, man. I'm just ready for Sunday night. Well, I got my uh, my basketball kids down at Braddock Senior High School. We just had our two preseason games, so we're looking good. So now we got awesome. the regular season starting up. But yeah, this uh this football game's uh pretty important on Sunday night. Everyone wanted it flexed out, but now it looks like it deserves to be on prime time. And now with the Bengals and Joe Burrow being hurt, it looks like a playoff spot's opening. So we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Joe Burrow out. Man, I'm not going to lie. I was I was really thinking as the Bengals of a Super Bowl contender before that Ravens game, obviously. But man, with them, with uh, Joe Burrow out, a new playoff spot looks to be opening up. The Broncos, much easier chance. You still got to play just as hard. But man, that, that's got to be reassuring. Uh, all By the way, all prayers to Joe Burrow. I'm a huge, huge fan of Joe Burrow. I've spoke very highly of him. In the, he's second best in the league, in my opinion. But with him out, this makes it so much easier for the Broncos. So they got to take advantage uh, advantage of like games like this on prime time. Um, so looking forward to it. Let's go ahead and start jumping into the injury report for the Broncos. PJ Locke unfortunately did not practice all week with that ankle issue. He suffered in the win against Buffalo on Monday. Um, he is going to be out. Uh, ben Powers, who did pop up on the injury report with a foot issue, he is going to be playing, as well as Jerry Judy, who popped up on Thursday's injury report with the hip issue. They are both going to be active, so huge. I was kind of concerned yesterday but um, that they randomly popped up, but they're both going to be playing um, this game. So very, very important for the Broncos to get those two uh, players in there. Uh, the Vikings injury report, Justin Jefferson is questionable. He was limited all week. Um, with the hamstring issue, obviously he's coming off. Uh, he's coming off the uh, IR. Um, so we don't. We're not too sure, honestly. Um, I'm not, you know, too familiar with you know any Viking sources or insiders or whatever. So he might go. He may not go. This is really important um, for the Broncos. I honestly, I want all the smoke, man. Justin Jefferson, get on the field. I want all the smoke. PS2 versus Justin Jefferson. This will be a generational matchup. And I don't want to hear anybody. Oh, they didn't have Justin Jefferson, so of course you guys won. It, we got PSG, man. I want all the smoke. So bring bring it on. I'm ready for that test. That will be like I don't I don't think people are talking enough about if Justin Jefferson plays, like how generational the matchup is. Because first of all, this is the NFC versus AFC. So it's gonna be like once every four years that we play the Vikings. So yeah. this could go down in the history books as like one of those, like, yeah, PS2 really locked him down or Justin Jefferson really went off, which I don't see happening, but that this is this this could go down in the history book. So I like I said, I want all the smoke. But um, aside from that, Alexander Madison is questionable with a concussion. Um, so that wraps up basically the majority of the uh, injury report. The the big uh, inactives inactives. Um, so let's start jumping into our keys to victory. 
number one for me, uh, what the Broncos have to do this week is contain Josh Dobbs in the pocket. I mean, make him beat you with his arm, not on, not on the run. He could beat you with his arm when he's on the run. He could also, he could, you know, tear up defenses a little bit in the pocket. I don't think he'll do that much against our defense. Um, but if my opinion, the way to be Josh Dobbs, do not let him get on the run. He's rushed for two or excuse me, 110 yards, two touchdowns in the last two weeks with the Vikings. Um, obviously a huge, huge. Uh, I know Jordan as well. We're huge, huge fans of Josh Dobbs. Um, probably could speak for J-Mac as well on that. I mean, what he's done in such a short amount of time since being traded to the Vikings is remarkable. So you, you have to respect this game. I mean, he, not even knowing the offense that much and what he's been able to do in that offense, uh, it's pretty remarkable. So you got to respect him, but not in all honestly, um, I feel like you can honestly just contain him in the pocket. The edge rusher is going to be super important in this game. Um, so I think you got to make him beat with you, beat you with his arm. Um, cause I'm just, I'm not too sure uh, how their run game will be. Able, obviously you have to stop the run, but, um, that's just kind of how I see approaching this game with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I would agree. And, Hats off to Josh Dobbs. I mean, what he's doing is in, it's really incredible. I mean, going in, getting traded. First of all, you've been the start of the whole year. They trade you the trade deadline, and you just you go to Minnesota, you win two games. And I mean, he's played really well. But uh, I like what you said about you can't you got to make him stay in the pocket just a little bit. I mean, a lot of his best plays would come from him extending the play, using his legs. I mean, and I'm looking at you know his games with the Cardinals and, and things like that. I mean, when he when he plays the top defense. He doesn't really play that well, and I think that's something that we're going to see Sunday night. I'm not saying Josh Dobbs is a bad quarterback by any means. I'm just saying I think, you know, he's played Baltimore, Seattle, and, uh, I mean, he had a game against Dallas. But the 49ers, the Bengals, I mean, these are some really good defenses, and he he struggled. He struggled against them. And the two games of the Vikings was against the Saints, who we all know about the Saints right now. They're just a roller coaster, and then the Falcons. The Falcons aren't – they're not they, – their defense isn't really all that good. I'm not trying to knock anything off of them. I'm just saying – Denver's a different monster. We've been, we've been balling the last few the last few weeks. Defensively, we're probably one of the best in the league right now. So it's going to be a test for Josh Dobbs for sure. But I agree with you with Jettis. I want him to play because I, I, I've been looking forward to this matchup for so long. That's like the only top receiver that I think he hasn't had a chance to go up against. I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's went up against Cooper Cup yet either. But I want to see him versus Jettis, especially on prime time. So, yeah. Yeah, with Josh Dobbs, I expect uh, Nick Benito to be like on a QB spy on him. I know he was that for Josh Allen this past uh, Monday night, which was interesting to see. But yeah, I can expect like Nick Benito to be the, the QB spy on the defense. Uh, again, don't let Dobbs get outside the pocket. And when he does, that's when Benito needs to have his closing speed on him and, uh, you know, not let him extend plays like that. I know Kevin O'Connell is a great play caller and stuff like that. He's one of my favorite head coaches in the league. But still, uh, as long as we can limit some of the things that they do, they're not a great running team as well. So just limiting, you know, Dobbs extending plays and stuff like that will be, will be key. I like that. I like that you bring that up because I was watching tape and Nick Benito was actually kind of spying Josh Allen a little bit and kind of just sitting over the, like the middle with uh, Josie Jewell and Al Singleton. Um, so I like that you bring that up. You can definitely use him and that aspect. He played linebacker in uh, in college as well. He didn't just play edge. So um, that's uh, important to uh, use him in that in that way. Um one of the next ones I want to talk about, switching over to uh, our quarterback, Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Um, I say for him, this game, he's got to get a, get the ball out fast. That, that That's just number one for me. Like, this this blitzing attack by Brian Flores' defense is, like, nuts. Like, the, the rate that they blitz at is 
pretty insane. I think as the latest I saw, I can't remember which week it was, but I I, I saw that they were like blitzing on forty nine percent of their defensive plays. Yeah. I think it was like at some point in October they're blitzing at fifty nine percent. It's it's ridiculous how much that if people don't know that's like insane an insane amount. So you have to get creative with the short passing game, in my opinion. You can't just sit there. I saw a lot of times in that Bills game on third and long, we're just drawing up like verticals where. I know sometimes on third and 11 isn't super realistic to get the ball fast and convert that way, but I feel like you you can't really go deep too much on this this Vikings team. If you are, you got to get the ball like quick, and that's not very really like most realistic. So, in my opinion, don't make it too predictable, but do drop a lot of like short you know play action short you know type intermediate type gains i feel like you can't really sit back in the pocket too long um i know that's been a big issue with russ uh you you just i feel like you can't really uh, hold on to the ball for an attorney against a, a blitzing attack like brian flores defense um this is going to be by far uh, one of the the more difficult you know pressuring teams that we're going to see this season um not not just because they have good pass rushers daniel hunter is really really good don't get me wrong but on top of that they send extra rushers so uh russ is gonna in my opinion the run game has to be good, obviously, and that's our identity, but they're gonna be smelling that. They they know that's coming. Like they've seen it the last two weeks. So they're gonna give all hell to Russ and see how he reacts to it. Russ is actually the third worst quarterback against pressure this season. Even though his stats have been juiced, he's technically uh, one of the worst rated quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to to, to pressure. So um, I'm curious to see how he steps up this week. Yeah, and that's very crazy. Come to like you know, going back to Seattle days when he was probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the blitz. But I think, I mean, watching the Vikings, they do a lot of packages. They send a lot of different guys that be the corners. I know Brian Flores loves to send Bynum in those blitz packages. He's been a guy that's just been feasting, like with just sacks. But I think that the the main thing for offense is what Amir brought up, and I brought it up um, after uh, in, the, in the episode earlier this week. We got to get some quick game. Just a little bit of it. I just want to see a little bit sprinkled into it. You're going to have to. I mean, Daniel Hunter leads the league in sacks for a reason. He's getting to the quarterback quick. A lot of all those guys are. That's the Brian Flores knows that the weakness in his defense is the secondary. So he's like, well, the only thing we can do is the secondary is so bad. Let's just blitz the crap out of teams. And over the last six games, it's worked. So Broncos got to figure out some way to get the ball out in a quick game. Get the ball. This is a Jerry Judy type game. Get the ball to him and Marvin Mims quick as it can be. I know most likely it won't happen, but I'm just saying that's that's the game plan I would approach with. You got to get the ball out in some of the quick game and run the football. They're pretty middle of the pack in every single defensive category in terms of against the pass, against the run. So, I mean, they're a pretty average defense, but Broncos, you, you, you got to get creative because if you just go out there doing the same thing that you did against Buffalo, it's not going to work. Yeah, don't worry, J-Mike. J- Judy will be open. You just won't get the ball. I mean, the clips that have been coming out out of that Bills game has been ridiculous, but that's for another time. But, again, Brian Flores, actually another coach that I am, you know, I love. He's been great on defense. I love his his blitzing style and stuff like that. It's either one, one extreme or the other. I've been watching a lot of Vikings games due to my own father being a big Vikings fan. So I've been watching their games basically every week. And it's either a seven-man blitz or they're going to drop eight into coverage. But usually they're blitzing a lot. But those are the kind of things that we're going to have to, you know, try to maneuver on offense and stuff. And one thing I would bring up, last time Broncos played a Brian Flores-type defense was when Flores was with the Dolphins in 2020 when they came to Denver. Uh, We won 20-13. to We did have a lot of success running the ball. 
Melvin Gordon, 84 rushing yards, and Philip Lindsay, 82 rushing yards. Uh, and we uh, had two rushing touchdowns. So, again, game. I think this is a pretty good. We should have more. Yeah. But uh, I think this is a pretty good now that our run game has been going a bit. So, I think this is actually kind of setting up perfectly, at least for the offense and running the ball against uh, Brian Flores' defense. Yeah, I think we should try uh, poaching uh, Melvin Gordon off the Ravens practice squad or something for this yeah, game. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, J-Mac? <laughs> yeah, I remember that Dolphins game. I remember Melvin Gordon specifically fumbling inside the 10 on that game. That almost cost us the game. I definitely remember that. Uh, as far as he, nah, he can go ahead. Stand. I, I love seeing him on the sidelines with a headset on over there in Baltimore. Go ahead and coach up the young guys. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would have – I would agree. I think that you do, like I said, you still have to run the football. It just in terms of like how conservative you are with the pass. You can't really be that against a team like this. You're gonna have to it, try to get the football as clear as you can. But there's also a defense where, like you said, on those three man, um, on those three man rushes they do send. That's where you gotta get creative because, like I said, the weakness in the sec, the weakness on the defense is the secondary. They don't really have just one specific lockdown corner. They don't have, you know, they got Harrison Smith back there. And Bynum is just always going on blitzes and stuff like that. So you just got to get really creative. I think Sean Payton will, and I think we're going to find a way to win this game. But I think, like you said, it's going to be a lot of McLaughlin and a lot of Javante again this week. Another thing I want to talk about is, like, yeah, Russ has to get the ball out quick, but the O-line's got to be better this week. The pass protection was not some not to where I liked it in in the Bills game. And I know it was a it was a tough pass rush. They're they're around the top in the NFL in sacks and they get pressure, but like Russ. And not just Russ, but the O line's got to be better this week. Ben Powers, he is dealing with the injury this week. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit nervous about uh, his matchup and how it looked this week. Hopefully, he he does look solid. I'm not worried about Quinn Miners at all. I'm not too worried about uh, you know Cushenberry uh, and Bowles, but um, hoping uh, Mike McGlinchey and uh, and Ben Powers come to play this week. It's kind of crazy. There are two highest paid uh, guys on the O line. I'm kind of most worried about them, but uh, hope, hoping they uh, they come to play in this game because last week uh, I know I know it, was, it wasn't crazy, but like the pat the, the pressure wasn't where I liked it to be honest. So um, that's coming from someone who's been on hard on Russ. So. Um, yeah, uh, you talk about getting the ball out quick. Julio McLaughlin, Smajay Piran, got to be involved in the quick pass game. No, oh, another one of my uh, keys to victory. I already mentioned it. Stopping the runs got to be uh, key in this game. You can't have a repeat of last Monday. Latavius Murray and James Cook kind of had their way with us. Um, I know James, uh, James, or yeah, James Cook kind of had that, you know. Uh, Silly fumble and uh, rush uh, for that big game, but at the same time, our run defense was not great. Latavius Murray was just kind of having his little, uh, you know, quiet revenge game against us, just kind of chewing up holes easily, just doing whatever he wanted with the football. So, um, I think that's got to be uh, key this week. I know Alexander Madison is a little banged up, but um, you really got to respect any running back in the NFL at this point when you're dead last. Yeah, but I will say the stats are a little bit skewed for us being dead last because of the Dolphins. Yeah, game. but I mean Minnesota is just has not been. A, 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 even a, a below average team running the football. They do not run the football really well. Madison's only had two games. That's he's really only had two good games running the football, and that was against the Panthers and the Chargers, which are two of some of the worst run defending teams in the league. I'm not really too worried about that. I think it's a game where the Broncos can do better, do a better job than they have over the course of the season stopping the run. I mean, I, I don't think the Vikings are just going to sit there and say, "Okay, we're going to pound the rock against this Denver defense." I would think that's a great game plan just because the way Madison's been running the football all season, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown. Like that is, that's, 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 that's crazy. But yeah, I would say stopping the run is, is, is 
it's huge, of course, for any game, but I think this game is be one of the easier challenges we have. Yeah, the Vikings running game, again, in my opinion, I don't <laughs> think it's that great. Uh, and I should not be good now all of a sudden now that they're playing Denver. Making something that's not great now good is going to be really painful if that does come into fruition. But, yeah, stopping the run has to be key for the Broncos, especially the way they've been looking the last few weeks with the run game. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I didn't think James Cook would go for 100 last week, but he did. And so I think at this point, anything's really possible. I know our run defense has improved, but anything is possible at this point. Every week, it's a different narrative. Guys always have these games that you don't really expect. Nothing's ever too predictable. Um, So that's really a key to victory in any game for any team, though. Um, What am I uh, actually my last key to victory? Um, Not really key to victory. Just kind of a point is like, and I already mentioned it, the Broncos can still be effective with the run, even though the Vikings are the fifth best run defense in the NFL when it comes to yards per carry. They're only allowing 3.7 yards per carry, but the Broncos offense is averaging 4.6 yards per carry. That is sixth in the NFL. So it's really like a very, very even matchup. This That matchup is going to be really, really important, um, especially from a coordinator standpoint to see how Sean Payton kind of messes with Brian Flores a little bit in this game with the run, see if he gets a little bit creative with uh, McLaughlin a little bit maybe. Um, but yeah, I a lot of people are kind of saying Russ has to has to win us this game. While I do agree, I think Russ is going to have to step up and make plays against pressure. Obviously, anybody anybody can tell you that. Um, but I still I will say I think the Broncos can still win this game with like an effective Javante Williams and like Jalil McLaughlin type run game. Yeah, I agree, and I agree. But don't don't shy away from who you are. We're a team that loves to yeah. run the football, so I would say stick with it. I mean, if Javante, like you brought up that stat about, I think Javante gets fifteen plus carries, something like that. I thought, like we're we we win games that way. So I'm gonna say stick to your identity. I mean, iron sharpens iron. So at the end of the day, we're gonna see who comes out and who's better with it. But when it comes down to Russ winning this game, I think Russ has done just a really good job not throwing interceptions. I think that's another big thing going into this game too. I want to see him continue with that, not putting the ball in harm's way. That's huge because Minnesota, over the on this run, they capitalize off of teams doing just that, putting the ball in harm's way. They see a blitz coming, they panic. But I'm hope I'm hoping that Sean Payton is preparing Russ for that, like preparing him throughout this whole week. Like, dude, you're gonna see a lot of blitz. Don't panic and don't try, don't put the ball in harm's way because if you do that. The Vikings are going to capitalize off of it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I am afraid for Russ for this game. Just Brian Flores' defense and the blitzing, I, I don't know. I am very, very afraid for what might happen on Sunday night. It could it could turn out to be real ugly. I don't know. I agree. They, I know. Th- this is the most creative like blitz packages he's facing quite, quite some time. And so – Russ has not at, reacted the best to, to blitzing. So, um, yeah, we'll get into our uh, player of the game predictions and all that and kind of talk about that. But um, any other uh, keys to victory you guys want to mention for how the Broncos uh, can come out on top? I'm going to kind of steal Jordan's point. Gotta, you got to do great in the middle eight. You got to. Last week it was a little bit better, just a little bit better than, than it has been. I still yeah. say we came out with the four penalties on offense. And you got to do really well in the middle, especially against a, a scrappy team like Minnesota. Like, Jordan, Jordan bring that. I mean, you watch that is the that's a big reason why we lost most of our games. Huge yeah. reason. I mean, we're like, you got to, but, but it kind of, it kind of went like two ways. We ended the half really good and we started out really bad. So it kind of mellowed out. It wasn't just horrible on both sides of it. So I would say, yeah, you got to, you got to do great in the middle eight. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep on preaching it middleweight would, would would win you a game 
I think a big reason why we won the Bills games because we executed what we did at the end of the half and stuff. I know we came out of the second half pretty bad, but again, what we did at the end of the first half kind of carried on and really helped us. So again, being good in the middle eight will always be one of my keys to victory. And I think the last thing I'll just mention is picking up the blitzes, just making sure this guy does not get killed in the backfield and just having a max protection sometimes uh, on a crucial downs. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah I, was literally, I was literally right about to say like that the Broncos almost got it with the middle eight. They almost got it. They the last the first four minutes to the middle eight, they were kind of on point. But then just the second half, I was like, yeah, I I I get reminded that I'm gonna stop worrying about the middle eight because I know they're gonna always crap in that part. So yeah, and the the the, the last thing I'm gonna say is penalties. The the like I brought up yeah. Yeah, the, the four penalties at the at, at the beginning of the half that was horrible. Like I'm thinking we got to come out and at least get a field goal. We got to punt it. And I mean, you, it's like the penalties are just, it's the same stuff, man. On the offense, false starts, holdings, those stuff, you got to fix it. You can't, you can't, because I'm, because Denver, like I said, Denver isn't a team. We're not the type of team that can come back from a penalty like that. Denver can't overcome a holding penalty on first and 10. To make it first and 20, we have not been a team that can just can keep the, the offense gets stale and we're most likely going to punt it. But if we can go out there and limit the penalties, we can come back from a five yard penalty. But if we get that holding call, just know the drive's over. Unless we're in field goal range to get points, if we're anywhere not on the, not on the um, other team's side of the field, we're most likely going to punt it at that point. So, um, so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, offensive player of the game predictions. Um, I'll go ahead and start it off this week. I'm going to go with uh, the guy who's really hot, touchdown in four straight games. Um, that sounded really the guy that is really hot. That sound, yeah, that. Um, oh, jeez. Um, I got him going for another uh, touchdown this game. Um, even if it's not a touchdown, I still have him having a pretty solid game. Just because I said, like, the run, I don't think it'll be, like, as effective as it has been. Um, just because the Vikings' run defense is really good. They're going to have to rely on the receivers at some point. So, um, I know they don't love throwing the ball to Judy. So, who else are gonna th- they going to throw it to? Corlin Sutton. So, um, I, I feel like at this point, it's the most logical uh, pick. Um, he's just a – bro, he's a beast in the red zone. I – I genuinely believe that he is the best red zone threat in the NFL. I take that how you will. I think he I think he's the best red zone threat in the NFL right now. Right now. Put him on other offenses and he's still doing the same thing. I think he's that good. Wow. Okay. Uh it's kind of crazy, but okay. I I I I like it, I guess. Uh from my offensive player of the game, I can't remember who I went with last week, but this week I'm a kind of I think I'm a child. I don't know if I picked him last week, but um I'm not going to go rust this time. I'm going to go Javante. I think this is a game where um, Denver kind of stamps on what their identity is. We're going to run the football. I think it's going to be a big game for him. Like I said in last episode, every time he runs the ball, it sounds like guys got two helmets and just banging it up against each other. I mean, it's just the guys, he's like a brick wall at running back. So I definitely think this is a game where same old, same old Javante. I do like that pick, Amir. Corlin Sutton, I, I would kind of agree with you as well since – since Judy gets too open for us at this point, that he's not open, uh, Sun is such a great red zone threat. I do think he does replicate some of the things he does with other teams because I do believe he would even get the ball more on other teams than the Broncos at this point. But we've talked about that at length, so I'm not going to go into that road again. But, listen, I've been right with my offensive player of the game predictions and stuff like that, so – a lot of people want to hear what I got to say. I even got some people Instagram DMing me, which is kind of surprising about 
you know, some certain stuff on, on pre on game preview. So listen, I know I've been going with offensive linemen the last four games, and they've all hit. Like legit, all of them have hit. But I was talking to Amir before the episode, and we were talking, and we came into agreement, and it kind of got me thinking. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there. I think the offensive player of the game is gonna be Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> God, <laughs> he's, he's, he's beat dead ass too. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, think that's gonna happen, Jordan. <clears throat> yeah, and no, I think uh, Russ starts off, throws uh, two interceptions to start the game, and Payne's sick of his shit. <laughs> I can't take a mercy. Are you gonna stand on that? Or? <laughs> no, I'm not standing on business. I was just standing on business. That was just for you, J-Mac. That was just for you. <laughs> y'all really right. know how to piss me off. Y'all didn't got first. Y'all started with the Melvin Gordon bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, J-Mac. But don't be mad when it actually happens, though. Um, all right, seriously, for my offensive player of the game, uh, I will be going with someone that not a lot of people expect. Again, four weeks in a row, I've been kind of spot on with my predictions. I'm gonna go again with an offensive lineman, but this time, I don't know for for some reason, I'm. I have this feeling that he's not have a really good game on Sunday. On you better Sunday. not say McGlinchey. It's going to be Mike McGlinchey. I think he has a good game. I think he bounces back from his penalties. I think as a captain, he has a better game. He shows out on primetime, and I think in the run game, he does really, really well. So he's I got to be on Daniel Hunter. Yep. I, 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 think, I think that's oh, a good wow. matchup, and I think uh, McGlinchey finally on primetime shows Denver fans a – I got this for a bit, so I think he has a really good game on Sunday night. Bro, I'm still wiping away tears from how funny that that Stidham stuff was, but um, no, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop hating. McGlinchey has been bond. Let, let let's just get that out of the way. Against the Bills, he had the highest graded. He he was the highest. I know PFF is kind of shaky, but he was the highest graded uh, offensive player. Like people aren't talking about that. He was a he was insane. So, I mean. Vaughn Long Miller. McGlinchey is just—he just—it's so many penalties. It yeah, like, penalties. Like, yeah, like, penalties. Like, like, that's the only thing. Like, I'm not—I'm not denying that he's not playing. Like, his play is good, but it's like the penalties just—it does it just, kill us. Yeah, it, like it. Like he's like a just—it's very inconsistent. Like, yeah, he'll play good the whole game, but he'll come out there. Like I saw that tweet: highest graded Broncos offensive player. But nobody talked about the—they didn't put in there. Bo had five penalties or four, whatever the crazy four, three, whatever how many penalties he had that. Cost us some drives, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though. He seems to always do well against a premier um pass rush. I don't know what yeah. it is, but he like that's his calling card, I guess. Maybe, maybe it's just uh he steps up against good competition, but then he backs down versus less lesser competition. Maybe that's the thing. But hey, I got him for my offense player of the game prediction. I think he bounces back in a big way. But uh, defensive player of the game prediction. Um, I really battled between two different guys. Um, I honestly, I would, I would say they're like a tie. If I had to give like a code defensive player of the game prediction, I would, I would give it, but, um, I'm going with Baron Browning 
as my defensive player of the game prediction. Um, I, I don't know why. I just like his matchup this week. He's on Brian O'Neill. I know Brian O'Neill's been playing solid. Um, he has like a 75 PFF grade, but um, Baron Browning, 35 snaps last week. That's the bit, the most snaps he's had since he returned. He's kind of starting to ramp up his snap count a little bit. Uh, he's getting more of a starting role over Nick Benito and uh, Jonathan Cooper. I know they're rotating those guys a lot, but Baron Brown is kind of more like a designated starter now, and I, I only see those that snap count going up. He had the same amount of snaps as Jay Coop last week, so yep. um, I think he's he's destined for one of these like breakout games um, where it's not just the, the sacks because the Broncos are actually third worst in the NFL in sacks. I think it's going to be more like more of a pressures type thing. So I got Baron Browning, but don't be surprised if Zach Allen goes off. You guys know if you guys been watching this show for a long time, I do not like Dalton Reisner, and I'm praying to God. I love Dalton Reisner. I love you, man. But like, I'm praying to God, Zach Allen just takes your fucking lunch. I, that that's what and Ed Ingram too. Zach Allen. Let's have it. Let's have a damn game, man. I'm looking out for that matchup. Their tackles are good. Christian Darisaw is a dog. Love his game. But that interior offensive line, I'm looking for Zach Allen to just feast, man. Feast. So Baron Browning, Zach Allen. Let, let's start taking. Uh, let's start taking some lunches. Me. I feel like um, player of the game on defense. I think I got it last week, past 13. Just in my opinion, I think yeah. him holding yeah. Stephon Diggs to one catch for 10 yards. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm going to do two because I don't know if Jettis, if Jettis plays or I'm going with Patrick Sertan again. I think Patrick Sertan is making his – He's. I, I did a post about him, um, I think, yesterday or two days ago. Dude, he's, he's making his name around it. Like, he needs to be it, – it, it should be stamped on, like, he is the best cornerback in the league. If Jettis plays, I'm going with him. But if Jettis doesn't play, if he's like, ah, yeah, I'm gonna go another week. I'm gonna go to Quan McMillan. I think that's a guy. He's been he's been balling, and I think he's due for one of those games and just one of those moments where he makes a huge play. So I'm gonna go to Quan McMillan if uh, Jettis doesn't play. Well, Amir kind of hinted at my defensive player of the game guy. I'm gonna be going with Zach Allen, and the main reason why is because he's gonna be matched up against Dalton Reisner for the majority of the game. I I believe. Yeah. So I think Zach Allen's going to have a really good game. He's going to be held a lot. Whether that gets called or not is a different story, but I think Zach Allen has a great game on Sunday night. I like it. I like it. Um, score predictions. Uh, no last week, you guys really uh, – you guys are just – Loving to get on me for uh, picking the Bills over the Broncos, and the Broncos ended up winning, even though I still think it was a very, very um, ugly win. But a win is a win, like they always say. Wins are hard to come by in the NFL. So um, this week, uh, I am going to be picking the Broncos. Um, I did think the Broncos could like win this by two possessions, but thinking more and more about the matchups and everything over the last few days, I have the Broncos barely winning this one, twenty to seventeen. For me. I'm going to Broncos, of course. Now, two possessions. I don't know about two possessions. I think it's going to be the Vikings are still – they still have a lot of momentum going into this week. They're going to be really looking to go on the road and get another win. Josh Dobbs got all the hype. Um, and him and – these are, like you said, the two hottest teams in the league. They're both getting finally some recognition, Josh Dobbs, Russell Wilson. But I think we win this game. I think the Vikings come out, and I think regardless if Jettis does play, I think the offense is going to be a little bit more stagnant than people think it's going to be. I think people need to start putting more respect on our defense. And I think this is the game to do it. Um, I would say the score, it's going to be tough. I think this game is going to be more defensive than the Buffalo game was. I think, I don't know. I'm going to go final score. I'm going to go 23-17 Denver. 23-17 Denver. Yeah, okay. It looks like I've been like the sign of hope on this podcast. 
and on many shows that when we were one in five, SO at hope, Packers win, Chiefs win, Bills win. And now a lot of people are probably going to be pissed off on me. Uh, off on me. So it, I just, I'm not confident in this game. I'm not. And one of the main reasons why I said it before, I think Brian Flores and that defense is going to kick the crap out of Russ in this offense. I think this is a going to be a tough game. I know it's in Denver, so we have somewhat of an advantage there. I think the fans are going to pop out just knowing that we have all the momentum now. But again, I think this is a, I, I believe we got a really bad game from Russ, if I'm being completely honest. I think Russ does not do good on Sunday night. I think the blitz gets to him nearly almost every time, and uh, the pressure uh, affects him a lot. So I got the Vikings winning 21-16. Vikings 21-16. I honestly, I don't even hate it, to be honest with you. Like, I I, did, I genuinely did think the – I genuinely uh, – okay, here's the thing last week that no, you guys did not give me credit at all for. I said multiple times the Broncos on paper – will should i didn't say will should win this game but on on paper on this game too the the vikings should win this game for being the the matchup with russ and flores is like as lopsided as they come russ is just he's he's not good against pressure he's not he's not he's not great against pressure i'm not too sure how many plays he could extend with five guys five six seven guys chasing him no i would say i would say i would say I think Sean Payne is going to counter that really good with some screen passes. I, hope I don't so. think we did. I don't think we did as much as we did on Monday night as we're used to. I think this is a game to do a lot of screen passes and counter that blitz with that. But again, I think it might just be too much for us. I mean, if he can't hit a wide open guy with only four rushers, I can't believe what's going to be with seven rushers in his face. So, I again, I I'm going to feel really bad for guys like Judy and Sutton. I'm probably going to be open a lot. But, again, I think if we do win, a big reason is going to be of that running game and that screen game. So I would say that. Don't be surprised if Jaleel McLaughlin balls out. He's going to yeah. – if they send a lot of pressure and Jaleel McLaughlin's wide open, he could chew up like 20 yards easy. Yeah. So, But I will counter that and say I feel like the Vikings are just a bubble waiting to bust. If I'm being, uh, if I'm being honest, I feel like no. the Broncos are going to win this one. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, see, I can't let y'all do this. Y'all can't say, well, I think Russ is a waiting his ass and say, well, I think we can still win the game. Well, no, I'm gonna just say this. Well, I, that wouldn't be because of Russ, that would be more because of Payton. Those, those screen passes, that play calling, I mean, anybody could throw a screen, but I'm just saying, like, that play, the play calling sequence is gonna be more on Payton. I don't think Russ has a great game, but I think he has a good enough game for us to win. Um, I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's going to panic too much. I think that Sean Payton is going to do a great job like he did last week, preparing him, preparing the offense for what's about to happen. Uh, and I think Russ is going to be prepared for it. One thing I will say, he has not been turning the ball over, which is key. And that's part of going on a run is where you limit your turnovers and you get a lot of takeaways, which the Broncos have been doing. Yeah. And Amir said it. I think I think the Vikings are a bubble to burst, and I think it, it's going to come Sunday night. And I think he won the game. And I think Russ is going to make two or three plays that gets us this win. I'm not saying he's going to um, do another crazy throw to Corlin Sutton. But like I said, he made throws in, in that Buffalo game that got us the win. Yeah, he had a bad throw to Sutton. And yeah, some guys were open. But when it came down to it, he made plays for us to go down there, get us in field position, field goal position, and got us the win. So I think Russ can do the same thing. I think my prediction is just like, 
I think I, I do agree with you. I think Russ is going to make enough plays. I do think there's going to be a lot of drives that stall out just because he can't react really well to the pressure. I think there will be plays that he does react well to the pressure. But I think what the difference is going to be in this game is the Broncos' defense. I feel like Alexander Madison isn't going to be huge factor, which that's going to put the ball in Josh Dobbs' hands. And I feel like he's going to be he's going to make a few mistakes on prime time. So I think the Broncos' defense is going to be like another another episode where we're talking about like. Vance Joseph, great game plan against this uh, Kevin O'Connell's offense. Yeah, and uh, real quick, not to mention, if Jettis doesn't go, then you already know the guy that you need to focus, you need to keen in on. You, I mean, they still got Addison and Hawkinson, but I mean, if Jettis doesn't go, you really got to key in on Hawkinson because that is that is Josh Dobbs' safety blanket right now. Yeah. If you're able to contain him, especially in the short game, you got a real, real way better shot of winning this game. But I, but Addison too. But like I said, as long as you got PS two back there. That's gonna make hell for uh, Josh Dobbs and Justin Simmons. They, those two, they need some more respect on their names for what they're doing. Like, they just all over the field. Man, I'm just, I'm just hoping I'm really wrong on this on this prediction. I, I really want the Broncos to win this. I think it'd be really big to go 500 in front of our crowd, in front of our fans. But yeah, if there's any time I really want to be wrong about a prediction, it'll be this one. And again, if you make those two to three plays and to win the game, like how you said, J Mac, then I'd be more than grateful even if those two to three pa uh, passes to win the game are just hitting wide open guys because at this point that's a really big play for them but man that that would be awesome yeah and um um real quick you know before we wrap things up uh no seriously i think after this game we could actually see the broncos maybe go out and get another receiver in free agency i would not be surprised i mean it's really only three receivers on the roster that are getting targets and one guy i'm really looking at marquez callaway is available man he was here the season <laughs> You might actually have to go. <laughs> might actually have to go. I mean, he's working out with teams. You know, he might be ready. Hey, he might get more. He he probably has more targets than uh, Judy right now. He's probably on the practice squad or whoever. <laughs> Yo. All right, just recapping the uh, recapping <laughs> the episode. Um, I know I mentioned uh, and kind of just you know recapping my point. Uh, I know I mentioned that during the bye week of Jordan on the show it was like the last thing I needed for to me to like officially be on the train to like the playoffs is like that win against the Bills. And now that we got that we got that win against the Bills, um, it wasn't the most convincing, but we it was a team win, which is important. Yeah. So I think now that we have an identity, we've beat some pretty solid contenders. Um, I it would be wrong for me to go out and just pick the Vikings in this one. So, um, and I I'm not even just like saying this for the show. I I literally picked the Broncos on my pick them. So, um, let's see how it goes on uh, Sunday night, man. Um, but with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, please hit the like button, subscribe, help us get to two thousand subscribers. Um, that all that is uh, greatly appreciated. Please leave a comment down below. Let us know what you guys think. What are you guys' score predictions? Uh, close this. We'll get a shout out on our game recap on Sunday night. Uh, after that uh, prime time, hopefully it's a dub. Uh, after that uh, prime time game, um, and if you guys listen to Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as, as well, you guys know what to do: leave a five star rating, turn notifications on, and follow. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host Amir Farrell with my co-host J Mac and Jordan. It's the next one. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Peace.